We are live. Straight into it. Eddie, how is it? Show, show everyone your glasses. I feel like no one understands Eddie until they see this, the Eddie style. This is very true. Look at that. I like it. I that, like it. I love how like, that's the thing. Like, I think everyone has their little shtick, yes. you know? Yes. And for me, it's obviously vibrant, ridiculous clothing. Yes. Eddie? It's it's the glasses. Thank you. The suit and glasses. Yes. Uh, do you I ever like go? The jacket. Yeah. Do you ever go anywhere without a jacket? Uh, the beach. Oh, that would make sense. But <laughs> no, anywhere else? Generally, no. <laughs> I like that. And, and makes people feel uncomfortable because they say that I should be hot because they would be hot. Oh, uh, yeah. But it, uh, I'm already accustomed to it. Yeah, yeah. Make sure pull that right up to you. Like right here. Yeah, you, you can move it. Like I move it around all the time. Gotcha. Yeah. You just got to make sure it's real, real close, yeah. intimate. What yeah. you're saying. It yeah. it made um, ah uh, shoot, Chris Scanlon yes. made him so uncomfortable. I <laughs> imagine so. Just kept going like, like what, what? I'm like, it, it ain't gonna like molest you. You're good. <laughs> you're good. <laughs> he was trying to figure out how to grab it. And I'm sure. No, I'm just kidding. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. But actually. Cheers, we're gonna have some water. Very nice. Always. Very nice. Am I allowed to join you? Absolutely, that's why I got it for you. I like that term, water. Yeah. Water. Well, we, we know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's become like synonymous with this podcast now yes. where I'm like, I just need to have, I mean, I, cheers. Cheers. <sighs> for anyone listening, that is water. Wow. Oh. Right, that's the best vodka I've ever had. <laughs> it's sneaky, right? It's like that, like what's that trick back in the day where, um, what was it? so so that you could drink in public without getting arrested, you just put a brown paper bag over it. Like that's exactly oh, right. That solves the problem. That's right. That's right. But too many people jumped on board, so they moved away from that. <laughs> They're like, actually, uh, this uh, is a problem. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so. You don't have to keep the sunglasses on if you want. Oh, By the perfect. way, you can take them off. I'll tell you what. I'm going to try it off because the lights are they're different, weird. aren't they? Yes. They're weird. Yeah. <laughs> they're weird. <laughs> Actually, because I forgot you were in the headphones, yes. so that'd throw you off. Right. Uh, so, for people listening, obviously, I know what you do, but uh, who is Eddie and what does he do? Well, I am actually a insurance agent. Of all sorts. And what I mean by that is that I'm licensed to do any type of insurance that's sold in the state of Florida. However, I specialize and concentrate on the health side of the world. Mm -hmm. So I do Medicare. I do life insurance. I do long-term care, disability insurance, that sort of thing. Mm. I was having a brief chat with Bill yesterday on the podcast. Yep. Because the whole, coming from an Aussie, I'm so ignorant to all of it. So... Because there's so many, like, I found out there's, there's Obamacare, Medicare, and then normal and health insurance. I thought that Obama and Medi were the same. Right. Recently learned that's not the case. Correct. So, um, Medicare, 65 and older, I understand. Generally. Generally? Yes. You can do it when you're younger? You can. Really? Yeah. In what circumstances? Well, if you are deemed legally disabled, in other mm. words, you cannot work anymore, in the United States, you have assistance from Social Security, and it's called Social Security Income. Mm -hmm. The first 24 months that you're on that insurance, that's the only insurance you can have. After, then you qualify for Medicare. Got you. So, Ignorant Blake, what? so Social Security, how does that... 
what is social security? Okay. And then where do we go before we get to Medicare? How does that work? Good question. So if you happen to work for anybody, there are certain deductions that are shown on your pay stub. Mm -hmm. If you have a W-2, for example, or when you go to your accountant, there's this section that you have to pay for uh, social security taxes. That is a tax that's assessed on you designed for when you reach 65 or older to retire. Mm -hmm. So in some instances, there are people whose work life does not carry them to the age of 65. So God forbid you're on the work side, you're a painter, you're on a scaffolding, you're 30 years old, you fall off this thing 90 feet, and then you can't work anymore. They make you disabled, or they they didn't make you disabled. They, they, deem. Are, they deem you yeah. disabled. And at that point, then you you apply for benefits, the Social Security benefits that gotcha. you would if you were 65. So similar to, I think we've got superannuation is what we call it. So we employers have to put 9% on top of your income in Australia. I don't know, what's it here? Um, for Social Security, uh, it's a piddly 1.65%. Oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Australia is 9%. Yeah. I, and I think Which it is- might have something to do with how many inhabitants you have in Australia. So mm. I don't know what the population is there, but I would assume that Florida's, not close to here. Florida's population alone. Yeah. The size of uh, the size of North America. Got it. But I, I had a discussion with a friend of mine a while back about that because I was like, is my understanding would be it was just all relative. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think it's also, it's the system that started that made, like, we're so against change. Yes. I think it, like, if it went the other way around, if Australia went from 9% to 1.5, everyone would lose their mind. Oh, for sure. You know? Well, and the government would have to justify, come up with new justification where they're going to put that other 8% that they're yeah. no longer deducting from you. Yeah. Because they're going to keep it. They're not going to Oh, no. <laughs> that was, that government's one. They, they don't like giving money as yes. much as of taking. Some countries in Europe have a retirement age way sooner than 65. So that may be the case in Australia as well. I think it's, they keep pushing us back. Oh, okay. To the point where it's like, you're going to have to just not die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you hit 150, you can take it out. There, there you go. But we like we still have, ours is real bizarre. It, it might be the same in, in here, but there's apparently, if you start with a new employer, mm-hmm. so here I'm, my understanding is you got your social security number, it is what it is. In Australia, we don't have a number. Like, a, there's not a number for a citizen in that regard, but they have superannuation funds. Now, when you start at a job, you're meant to give them your superannuation fund their details. Right. If they don't, they automatically set one up for you anyway. Got it. Uh, so, there's a lot of people, if you've had like three, four, five jobs, a lot of people just get whatever because again, out of sight, out of mind. I don't need it. Right. Now they've 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 got billions of dollars of unclaimed superannuation money that's just sitting there, um, because they they just go defaults and no one knows where there's there's it's even sitting. Right. Because you know, forty years later, you're like, oh shoot, I had a job back when I was like, you know, twenty. Yes. What would it be like? Yes. So, yeah. That's that's something different. So with social, why do I struggle with that social security? Right, <laughs> social. Um, when that does run out, you do, 
can you use your social security for like other things other than just medical? Is it like housing or is it? And that's funny because social security is not the medical portion of it. Mm. Social security is actual financial benefit. Mm. So when you have social security, generally you qualify for Medicare and they're two separate things. The social security income is the physical cash that the government gives you. Gotcha. And Medicare is the health side of it. Okay. Your health benefit, if you would. Gotcha. And then, so you, you run out of that, say you've had a disability, you run that out, then you've got Medicare still after that, or is it like... Yes. So if you, going back to that accident, mm-hmm. so you were a painter, you got hurt, and you can no longer work. They have a schedule based on how much has been accrued on your behalf, what your social security benefit would be at that moment. So let's assume it's $3,000. You would get that $3,000 plus the COLA, uh, cost of living adjustment that they put on social security, uh, whenever that is presented mm-hmm. for the rest of your life, for, for the rest of your natural life. So it doesn't run out. Gotcha. We think. We think. <laughs> no one's tested it yet. <laughs> right, right. What does Medicare cover? So for anyone who has ever had a a major medical plan, Medicare is very similar to an individual major medical or group medical health plan. It covers most health conditions that are not elective. So Mm -hmm. you generally speaking like plastic surgery, like if you would like uh, breast augmentation, for example. I would look fantastic with boobs. (laughs) Just saying, I've got the legs, I'm missing the boobs. That would not, generally would not be covered. Uh, And and I have to use the term generally because there's a lot of things that fall outside of the parameters within any health insurance. If there's an illness that caused damage to your physical body where plastic surgery is the only way to get you back to a healthy state, then there will be that. Non-cosmetic, really. Correct, correct. So it covers everything health-wise, except it does not cover prescription drugs. Mm Mm-hmm. And a lot of health insurance companies offer plans for Medicare recipients that have additional bells and whistles. Those things are not covered by Medicare, gotcha. like gym membership, over-the-counter allowance. To be fair, your gym memberships are so cheap here. Well, I let pay me, ten bucks a month. I, I think that <laughs> it would be wild. a very good approach by Medicare mm. to offer a baseline a gym membership for every Medicare member because it yeah. would help them meaning the members, yeah, stay healthier. Yeah. You know? That's what I, I've always wondered. If I had a company, for example, in terms of mitigating risk, Yes. if I had a company that required heavy lifting, mm-hmm. I would have a, like, part of your job is that you have to go to the gym and, le- like, I'd have a trainer for the yeah. staff and you have to learn how to deadlift properly. Because that would be smart. You, you, you're mitigating that risk of workers' compensation because someone's thrown a disc out. Right. Same as like this, which it's very interesting that they haven't incorporated. I mean, we sort of saw that with COVID. Mm-hmm. Shut down the gyms in this health pandemic. Correct. <laughs> that was like Correct. the last place to open back up. Yes. Um, and yeah, that would, I wonder if that'd be, I mean, it's, it's too big of a system for me to try and us to sort of change, but. Agreed. It'd be ten like ten dollars a month. Like crunch is so cheap. Yes. 
Well, I will tell you this. What you just mentioned is addressed whenever you get hired anywhere where the, you are required physical labor. Mm-hmm. So employers have to offer you something called workers' compensation, which yeah. is a type of insurance. And that's a, a whole different kind of animal because it includes a lot of different things. Your employer is supposed to take you through a training course, but yeah. the employer is up against buying time. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that is... Because as I was saying out loud, I'm like, so it, you'd have to pay the staff member to train. Yes, Because you can't sure. force them for free work. I don't know. Just because of my personal training background, I'm just like, everyone I speak to that's thrown their back out, I'm like, okay, you need to start doing personal training. And they're always just like, yeah, i really been wanting to. I'm like, you know that like, you would also mitigate and improve your life and... It's a real weird thing now where people just, they know what they should do, but then they don't want to. And then it's, you know, they see someone who does go to the gym and like, oh, you're just genetically blessed. I'm like, <laughs> oh, first of all, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, it's got nothing to do with the fact I'm at the gym every morning. Um, cool. Okay, so it, that makes sense about covering all of those, the basic requirements. And I think that, is there anything, because I touched on this with Bill is there anything similar to that? And I think it's the Affordable Health Care Act that helps people below the age of 65. Because my, my belief of where I've, like, again, this is coming from Australia. Right. I've never paid for a broken bone. I've never paid for an x-ray. I've never paid for an ult- ultrasound. No, I haven't. My wife was pregnant. We didn't pay. Because <laughs> when, we're, when um, we found out she was pregnant... She went to freak out mode because we're in Australia for the first six months of her pregnancy. I see. And she was like, I have to get health insurance. I'm like, no, you don't. She's like, no, I do. You don't know how it works, Blake. I'm like, I'm in my country and you're telling me. <laughs> it was a funny <laughs> argument. But all that stuff, like you could do the paid route. But if it, it was a weird system where if you did it a paid route, you get the same stuff as the non-paid route. Right. But you'd pay. Correct. And so... In Australia, it was like, yeah, ultrasounds, doctor's visits, tests, all covered in the Medicare. And she's like, really? I was like, yeah. Um, So that was my sidetrack from ultrasounds. I have had one as a family, just not personally. Um, But like MRIs and CAT scans, I think I had one and it was covered. Um, With the, and this, I'm not sure, is the Affordable Healthcare Act outside of your thing or is it? It is. Okay. And that's only because the Affordable Care Act is designed for those that do not qualify for Medicare or Medicaid, which is a different thing as well. Medicaid? Yep. Which one's that? So Medicaid is designed for all ages, mm-hmm. but it was actually implemented or enacted for single mothers that could not afford to be insured. Mm. And it slowly ballooned into more than that. It was yep. for children and mothers that couldn't afford a premium. Mm-hmm. But now anyone who's below a certain income threshold can qualify for Medicaid. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what's the, so the way it worked in Australia was emergencies in and out, like, you, you know, you still takes the priority of your emergency. So if I broke my leg, mm-hmm. if I wasn't in agonizing pain and my mom hated that I never acted like I was in pain, because I'd be just like, yeah, this is cool. I'd be sitting there for four hours. Correct. But it was free. And then I had free physio after. If it was something like a, a surgery, what those ones are like semi-elective, like 
you need your liver done or something, but it's not like you don't need it done now, right. but it's not completely elective where it's like you can do without it. You'd, you'd have a weight, uh, you'd be on a list in a way. But are we, still li- talking, are we still talking health insurance? Because you said liver. Are you talking about at a restaurant or are you talking about... <laughs> <laughs> liver is delicious. Uh, yeah, so you, you'd, you'd be on a waiting list, which it, it's still like those ones were like 12 to 18 months. Got it. Um, with Medicaid, how does it work over here mm-hmm. in regards to like, how, like what what stuff does it cover for people under the age of sixty five? You do you cover that as well, or am I just yeah. okay. Medicaid? Um, well, no one can actually sell anything in addition to Medicaid because Medicaid mm. is all encompass. Mm. So unlike Medicare, it has benefits in all avenues from within. So mm-hmm. people who are on Medicaid. Their prescriptions are covered. They have dental benefits. They have vision benefits because it's designed for a demographic that has financial difficulties, if you would. Mm -hmm. So the difference between having a Medicaid plan versus a Medicare plan or an individual major medical plan is who your providers are. That's all it is. Mm -hmm. So if you happen to be someone who can afford a more uh, the highest premium of an individual major medical plan. There are physicians that will accept your plan that will not necessarily accept a Medicare plan or a Medicaid plan. So that's that's the difference, really. Gotcha. So I'm pretty sure that it, though you may not know specifically about your country, how it works, mm. that is probably the difference between having the paid versus the non-paid. The sonogram is covered, right? Mm-hmm. But for the non-paid plan, maybe you have to go through a certain part of town that most people don't like to walk in. Yeah. While the paid plan, you get to go to the better part of town, and it's a doctor that actually talks to you. Yeah. You know, that that's the difference. That's fairly similar. Like, <clears throat> um, like for example, like I had private health insurance, but if it was something that Medicare covered, I didn't have health insurance Got it. all the time because it was, you know, but it you this is where it was great where it kind of benefited everyone mm-hmm. so it wasn't like people like the the people the well off the ones that weren't they played the game just as much as one another oh for sure <clears throat> so if you were if you had to get if you got rushed to hospital you could have your medicare version which was it was still great right but you could have and ooh, what popular, what man. was it you could have. I apologize. Your, oh, that's all right. And what what is the name of the health system that they have in in your part in your neck of the woods, if you would? Medicare. Oh, it is called Medicare. Yeah, that's why I was all th- I was confused. Um, it's called Medicare. Everyone contributes two point five percent of their paycheck. Got it. Um, so yes, the well off put more in. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it was it's like. One, when it's something you've done all your life, it is what it is. Correct. But at the same time, I we all game the system just as much as the other person. Um, and it does cover predominantly just emergencies. So It's what it's designed for. That's And that's what it should be, in my opinion. Correct. It's, and I'd love, because I, I remember hearing stories of my friends that live in Cali from Australia. And my mate was at the hospital for something and some guy walks in California with a, a beanie on or what do you guys call them beanies? Um, you guys maybe call them, sometimes know, like a hot thing they put on their head yes. to keep your head warm. Yes. I said beanie once to 
the people in the pest control and they're like, what the heck is that? It's like a beanie, bro. The thing you put on your head keeps it warm. <laughs> um, and he he said, he goes, he saw this guy and he's like, it's like 80 degrees outside. Why are you wearing a beanie? And the guy just yells, like, oi, how much to fix this? And like pulled up his head and had like a gash in his head. And she was like, two grand? And he's like, ah, oh, never mind. And just walks out. In Australia, we're like, what? Like... In Australia, you just go, hey, I've, like, I've got this like, problem. Don't worry about it. Like, right. It's all good. Appendicitis is covered. Um, really just emergency stuff is covered. And if you want the extra perks, like you're going to stay there overnight or a couple of nights, you can cash in your your paid insurance so that you get like, you know, I don't know, some extra better juices or something like that. Got it. So that's kind of how like everyone really benefits from the system. Why did you have a private insurance yourself? Uh, I I leveraged that against my uh, the the non necessities like physiotherapy, chiropractic. Um, I think I can do optometry. No, optometry is the one I can't do. Dental. Um, so the way we structured over there is um, you get an allocation of what you can and can't use and up to a certain amount. So dental, for example, I could claim up to 60%. They, mm-hmm. And they call it the part that isn't covered by health insurance is called the gap. Got it. And so you could claim up to, I'll make this up, like 500 bucks a year on dental. So, and you get 60% with this particular one up to the threshold. So if I went to the dentist twice twice a year, Mm-hmm. I would each visit 60% equated to like $280. So I go there, get my, my dental checkup. It covers $280. I pay the gap, which was like 111, maybe you say, making up numbers. Um, and so the way for me, the way my brain worked, that that private plan was beneficial to me because of how many times I went to the physio because I'm always micro adjusting my body to fix it chiropractor as well and for me like health insurance which still again I think because so many emergency things are covered for free our premiums are pretty low like for a family of four it works out to about $300 US a month which I here is that's crazy reasonable. cheap yeah, yeah that's reasonable. um for me with my as a single on the just just the extras and i had like real basic hospital cover because i'm like i mean i got no comorbidities got it i think i was paying the equivalent of about maybe 90 us a month but across the year if you took off all the things i was saving money with because of dental physiotherapy like i'd max out my physio all the time i'd max out my (laughs) got it my Cairo every single year the net for my health insurance worked out to being like i think i worked it out roughly 200 dollars a year so yeah because you were a user i was a user obviously a majority of people don't do it correct um but for me i was you know that system again i've grown up that way right so i had that benefit and i i I learned how to use it because i also value insurance gotcha because it is like again you don't need it until you need it right and then when you need it you're like ah so Um, medicare is across all ages in australia yes yeah even uh so stacy even got it when she started working in australia 
and that's why she could qualify for the pregnancy stuff. Got it. Now, if she wasn't, she wouldn't have had. She'd have to pay all of that out of pocket, and it, it it's it's still pricey, but it's mm-hmm. not crazy pricey. Right. Um. But yeah, like that was that was the system I knew because when I when I said, all right, part of my requirements of me moving here is your parents have to pay my health insurance because I'm not used to that. <laughs> and they're like, oh, fine. They agreed. Yeah, I was like, thank you, love you guys. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's in a nutshell how it kind of works. Um, like general visiting your general practitioner, you never I've never paid. Interesting. There there was a movement once where they tried to. Uh, do it so that you paid $7, which is like five US mm-hmm. up to 10 visits. And it was free after that. And they're like, you should have seen the backlash from the community. The outrage. Oh, like it was huge to the point where I, I was like, Hey guys, like if I told you there was a vodka soda for $7 in the city, you'd be like, wow, that's cheap. So for me to pay $7 to visit a general practitioner, who's going to tell me how to improve my life. I think that's cheap. I got a crazy backlash. But it wasn't until someone said to me, they go, no, no, no. If you open the door to one thing, then it just goes off. And That's I was like, reason. fair enough. Um, so yeah, like all those things are so foreign to me, like he, which is why it's so interesting. Cause I haven't like, I've, I've lived with just like, all right, skateboarding, screwed my ankle, mom. I'm sorry. She's like, oh, fuck. Just don't tell them you have insurance. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so with Medicaid, I'm not sure about that gentleman's story that I told about the beanie with the cut head. I don't know if, if if in Australia, if he didn't have Medicare, because again, it's like if you're putting in the pot, you get the benefits and it can be something tiny. Like if you're earning 10,000 a year, you're putting 2.5%, you're still contributing. Um, With here, how do you qualify for Medicaid in America? So Medicaid... Anything below the threshold, and I think that the last threshold for a family of four was like Mm $24,000. Anything below that, you get all the benefits without a premium or a copayment. Okay. So, and then once you go beyond that, because they have different scales, obviously. And is that per person or per family? uh, Per family. Okay. Then there is a certain contribution that they expect from you. Mm -hmm. And what's that contribution? Um, There is no no true formula that I know of. Really? So okay. I'm assuming that there's a percentage based on the spread between what makes it free uh, and the gap of, and the top of where they're at. But I don't particularly know of a formula. Gotcha. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. And so what's, is there like a maximum threshold of income that you can apply on Medicaid? Like, is there a ceiling? Yes. And, once you exceed that dollar amount and because every family structure is different because Medicaid also helps people who have terminal illnesses. So if you have Mm -hmm. um, renal failure Mm -hmm. and you happen to be on dialysis, they pick up wherever any insurance that you may have is lacking. So if you have regular income, but the care on dialysis is costing you what your income is. That's why this exists, mm. is to keep you from being broke. Yeah. So is there like a, a monetary dollar amount of like, say if you're earning 150000 you can't apply for it, 
or is it just that if the like is it like a blanket thing where you know you can't use it at all or is it like what you just said where the procedure costs this much you earn this much therefore we'll help you well if you don't you don't typically apply for that after the procedure mm-hmm. you typically have the benefit before yeah so if you have the benefit it's because you're within that income threshold guideline mm-hmm. if you try to apply for it because you need it yeah then you have you just have to go through their whatever their steps mm-hmm. are for them to determine what your true income is and it's net not gross they look for the gross but they use the net dollars because they'll talk to you about what your expenses are oh uh, that's how good. much rent do you pay how much do you spend on um medications mm-hmm. and it, it's a it's a very very comprehensive application that's good mm-hmm. yeah net and that's very important because yeah. grow a lot of people are like i earn this much and you're like yeah but your expenses are 90 percent of that correct uh, so they go off net. What do they qualify with um, the net calculation? Obviously, you got rent, car expenses, the the big ones. What are those big ones, and what are the smaller ones? Like, obviously, you can't it's be not, like it's not that many. They they literally ask you for how much do you spend in housing, how much do you spend for heat, which doesn't apply to us in Florida, but it's still part of the formula. How much you spend on electric. How much do you spend on prescriptions? And mm. there may be one or two off more, you know, questions there, but that's usually what they determine as the basis. Gotcha. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So it's not as not as bad as they painted. Like in Australia, here, so like yeah, well, <laughs> horror me- stories only. Well, Medicaid is designed for a very specific demographic. Mm. And because it's designed for a specific demographic, most of the clientele are the harder ones for doctors to work with. So Mm. the problem is not getting the benefit. The problem is getting a physician that will accept that. Yeah. So I don't know how it works in Australia if once you're insured, you can see everyone. Mm. But that's not how it works here. No, it's similar. Like um, you have to, uh, even with the benefit stuff that I was talking about with going to a physiotherapist, they cover that. 80%, uh, 60%. Again, that's only with that particular one I was using. Others, it. it does. it's not 60%. It's, it really is dependent on the carrier. Gotcha. But that's a great thing too is like there, I don't know how it works in America, but it, how it feels is it's like they, all the insurance companies feel like they're working together to bump it up rather than, whereas it feels like in Australia, they're working against each other, which keeps the prices down. Every year that still goes up a little bit like, you know, April, April first or whatever it is, or April fifteenth. There's always an adjustment, and never yes. never goes down. <laughs> yes, yes. But it feels like in Australia there is this like, all right, if I do this one, I can do that, and there's always this competition between them, which is great. Um, but yeah, from my very limited, ignorant point of view, it feels like over here it's more like because the one thing I didn't understand as an Australian was from the outskirts mm-hmm. and limited limited uh, understanding when the um, affordable health care act was in, put in place mm-hmm. i didn't understand how the premiums went up in theory the premium should go down because that's that's how it works in australia because we don't claim half the stuff because they don't have to cover that the premiums are super low because their risk is a lot lower Got it. 
um, that it felt like it was like a, hey, here's how we can pin the public against this movement so that they don't do it. And rather than, all right, we've got less risk, let's bring it down. Right. So your, your view of it is very typical. Mm. A lot of people think that the insurance companies increase their premiums just because they want to raise. Mm. But generally speaking, in almost every civilization, with the exception of the window when COVID was through, in almost every civilization, population goes up, not down. So there yeah. are more people using the system. So if there's more people using the system, obviously there's a bigger strain on it. Mm. The number of doctors is still the same, but the patients are more. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. In addition to the patients being more, because of competition, every group of every group or every board member at an insurance carrier wants to find a way to attract business, but they don't want to attract bad business. They don't want to attract the sick ones and the yeah. you know it's risk mitigation as much as it sucks. Very tricky. Yeah. Very tricky. That's I started that's interesting. I didn't think about that part. I was I always thought like obviously inflation. They right. think it like that's you know, part of it as well. That's part of it for sure. Um, yeah, it's, it's uh, I there think, are no easy answers, of course. Yeah, I th for me, it's like I just get angry at people that don't value their health. Mm -hmm. uh, like, there's something like maybe because I do, and I know the value of the importance of it, that it really, whenever I see news articles, yep, about why eating healthy and why living healthy is expensive, my I, I think, fuck you. Yeah, like you're you're deterring people from actually living better, and also living cheaper. Yes, like sure in the micro it looks more expensive. Like I'm paying thirteen dollars with inflation right now with the craziness. A steak is thirteen bucks. Mm -hmm. But if you go out and if I go to like Five Guys, which I love, I'm still paying thirteen dollars. Correct. And it's like, but again, if you look like an investment strategy. If I'm eating healthy, exercising every day for ten dollars a month, which is crazy, I'll say it again. Yeah. <laughs> My life is so much cheaper, especially in the back end. Should improve, correct? Yeah. Like my insurance is going to be cheaper because they're like, "Hey, what comorbidities you got?" I'm like, zero bagel. And like, okay. Uh, my health and I, I, again, it's like I know it's time is a tricky thing for people, but it's again like you make time to go to the bar. Mm -hmm. When well, you make time to go to gamble, right? You can make time to go to the gym, and you know. And then also eating healthy is cheaper, in my opinion. Like, I mean, these are a dollar a can, right? A soda is going to cost the same, or more, or more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but the back end of like insurance, like I said, uh, quality of life. Like my thing is, I'm terrified of not being able to keep up with my kids. That's the thing that terrifies me. So I'm making sure that I can keep up with them as long as possible. Like you can't run me out until you're at least 17, 18, 19. That's but then valid. I'm 50. Like, yeah, yeah. So you got a little bit. Um, but also then again, like I'm less likely to fall, injure myself when in my older years, which in the end make, makes it cheaper. Right. So yeah, that's my little rant on I, whenever I see those articles or news things, I'm just like, I hate you people. <laughs> well, I, I, have to, I have to agree with your point of view. Mm. And I will tell you something that's been said to me more than once, follow the money. Mm. So whenever you read an article, find out 
who offered that information. Yeah. And then it'll help you understand their point of view. Yeah. So if it's something that's been put on print by the carriers, they're going to have one point of view, which may differ mm. from a physician. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. My favorite one is when the articles come out going, uh, so apparently having like two beers a day is good for your health. I'm like, who funded that study? <laughs> <laughs> who were the members that participated in the study yeah. and how many were there? Yes. Yeah. The yes. one that cracks me up is the wine one because it's like the rosivitrol or whatever it is, that, that's good for you. It's like, yeah, but you're kind of forgetting the other components of the wine. Like, how about we just get that rosivitrol? Or, do you know what I'm talking about? No. It's some sort of thing in wine, red wine in particular, I believe. I hope I'm getting this right. It's like rosivitrol or something like that. And it serves some sort of positive benefit for our bodies. But it's it's the classic uh, sort of look at this, but ignore this. Like, look at this hand, but ignore this hand. Right. Where it's like, you know, it's proven that drinking a glass of wine a day is good for this reason. But... If you know human psychology, no one stops at one. And then now you're having, you're drinking a lot more. You've got all these other problems, like you're putting pressure on your liver and blah, blah, blah. Right. That when I see those things, it's like, it's the classic, you know, we want to make, like, we want to justify your, not bad habits, but why it's okay. Correct. Uh, because then obviously that, if someone gets justified in their actions, like, see, I can do this. And then they complain that they're not losing weight. You're like, my advice is always like, the first thing is cut out the alcohol. Yep. As much of a party pooper that sounds. Yes. Um, if you want. But um, yeah, with uh, Medicare, is that a similar scenario to Medicaid where you have to be earning a certain amount or is that like across the board 65 and over? How does that work? So Medicare has two parts to it. Part A, which covers institutions, the, the brick and mortar, and some other health benefits from within. And then there is Part B, which covers the physicians and certain health benefits from within as well. Mm -hmm. So the Part A is already established. You work um, 40 quarters you're entitled to that portion without having to pay a premium for it. Mm -hmm. So you mean like you work 10 years? Correct. Gotcha. 10 years worth. doesn't have to be consecutive or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So then you qualify for Part A, which covers the hospital, let's say. You mm -hmm. have an emergency. Part B covers the physicians, blood transfusions, a bunch of very important critical elements of your health insurance. That portion has a premium tied to it. Mm -hmm. And if your income exceeds $85,000, then that gets adjusted. Mm -hmm. So it, it starts the ground level ground floor this year for 2022 is $170 a month. So when you qualify for Medicare, there is a premium, which is that $170 a month mm -hmm. minimum. If you exceed $85,000, then that gets adjusted up. Yeah. And it can go up as high as, well, it used to be the maximum before it was three ninety eight, but because they adjusted it up, it's probably higher now. Gotcha. And so what are the benefits? Say I'm a 68-year-old. I earn good money. Mm -hmm. What would be like the benefits of if I was to go with the Medicare route versus the private health care route? 
Um, it really depends on which private health care route you have offered to you because there are some group health packages that will not cover insureds above 65. So once you reach 65, you have to come off that plan. Mm -hmm. But if you are covered within that plan, what happens is that your premium gravely is gravely different. So most employers will cover your the employee 100%, most, not all. So if you're in a situation where you're covered 100%, then the only thing that you would compare the two, the way you would compare the two is, since I'm not paying a premium at all with my employer, and I will have to pay that 170 or more mm -hmm. for your Part B, is the deductible that I have with my group plan more than the 170 times 12 months? So it's mm -hmm. just all mathematical. Gotcha. Right? But you give up, when you leave your group health plan, you give up the physicians that have been taking care of you. Because Medicare physicians, geriatric doctors, mm -hmm. are not the same as the doctors that you've been using before. Mm -hmm. So you may have to switch doctors. I mean, it, it's it's not straightforward. Yeah, you'd have to look at different things. Yeah, so there is better, there's pros and cons for both sides of the argument. One hundred percent. Got you. Okay. I happen to know I have a couple of clients that are ex CEOs of Fortune one hundred companies here in the U.S. Mm. And their group plans were excellent because a lot of these ex-CEOs have very good coverage. However, there's one component that was better on Medicare being while being on Medicare, which was the prescription drug coverage. Really? Sometimes it's vice versa because mm. it depends on your ailment, mm -hmm. right? So sometimes a very common thing that people are dealing with right now is diabetes. Yeah. So there are certain prescriptions that are very expensive, that are covered very well on group health plans that are not so much covered on Medicare plans mm -hmm. and vice versa. So if switching off your employer plan is going to save you four to $600 on your prescriptions per month. It's smart to go with it. Yeah. 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 So it really doesn't even matter. <laughs> it really is case by case. It what is. So and I'm get would that be the same with a highly successful retired person? Is that the CEO example you're giving? Or mm -hmm. okay, so they're really they sh it doesn't matter how much money you should uh, you earn, you should still investigate both sides. One hundred percent, it makes sense. I mean, some of the clients that I have have the maximum contribution into their prescription drug portion because mm -hmm. just like I told you that you pay by scale for your Part B. Same applies to Part D, which is your prescriptions. Yeah, okay. So I have some clients that contribute the maximum allowable on their prescription drug plan, and they take nothing. They mm. don't take any prescriptions. Mm. However, the reason that they do that is because a lot of times when CEOs retire, they're also given a stipend for health care. So that stipend can be $1,000, for example. Mm-hmm. If they don't spend it, they don't get it, right? Yeah. So if you have $1,000, why not go on Medicare? If you have a budget of $1,000 that someone else is paying for, why not go on Medicare? Have your Part B covered. Have the premium for your supplement covered. Have the premium for your prescription drug plan covered, and so on and so forth. Yeah. You know? 
It really is just a game, huh? It, it really is <laughs> at a case-by-case situation. Yeah. It really is. It really is. Fair enough. So the way you describe things are in Australia, mm. they seem to be a little more straightforward. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm doing it just from my point of view, though. Correct. So take that for what that is. Correct. I just know the game I was playing. I'm sure there's... <laughs> there are other games to play. <laughs> oh, they're definitely... I think everything's got a game these days. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Well, the, the, I this is just my opinion. I can't fix the situation. I could just educate people, right? Yes. So when Medicare started, it was designed for people who reached a certain age and had worked in the system, mm-hmm. right? Then what happened with time is... For example, people got disabled early. Good example. Plan wasn't structured to yeah. do that, but now we've got this 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 outlier. This one guy, it's the first time this ever happened since Medicare exists. I'm giving you a hypothetical, right? Yeah. First time this ever happened. Let's help this poor guy. This guy, Joe, he's never gonna be able to work again. Let's cover him. Yeah. So then then it happens to Tim. Mm. And then the government says, No, no, we did that for Joe. Because we were trying to be nice. Mm. But Tim doesn't go. Then Tim gets an attorney, and they sue the government. And the attorneys make the government offer it to everybody who has a situation like Joe did. Mm. So now you've got this added expense. Then there are people who have children with mental disabilities. Those people are never going to contribute into the workforce generally, right? They should have benefits. No, no, that's not what we designed it for. They go get an attorney. So the attorneys make... Mm help people who can't who don't have a voice but they make things a little more complicated because now we're adding more stress to the system mm. and it it costs some nothing is free it may yeah. be free to you but somebody's paying mm. right so that's why it all balloons out of control yeah the latest i don't know if you know the latest argument with medicare Mm-mm. they're trying to make it mandatory because certain politicians have thrown this out there that dental and vision should be part of medicare expenses as well um, in, in a perfect world. I could say vision, but dental, like. Well, vision, vision, the health of your eye is already covered. Oh, is it? They want vision like cover for aesthetics and hardware. They want oh. eyeglasses to be covered, right? And a lot of people say, yeah, but that's nothing. We're the United States. We should be able to afford that. Mm. Yeah, we can. We could afford it for one. We could mm. afford it for six, maybe 12 without any impact. But for three hundred million, maybe not so much. Yeah. Right. So that's what happens. Now people are because these politicians put these ideas in people's heads. Now they want dental and vision to be part of Medicare, mm. regardless of whether or not they took care of their teeth. So in other words, now what you're telling them is, hey, don't ever brush your teeth again. Don't buy toothpaste. Save mm. all that money, because once you get on Medicare, they're going to fix all your teeth. That, that yeah. Makes no sense. <clears throat> yeah. So that's the problem. It, it's a it's a very complicated system that people try. Like, again, that's why I know my ideas are very simplified. Mm-hmm. But I also know like the the complexity of it. Like you mentioned with the, the lawyers, man. Yeah, America's the land of litigation. It is. It is. But that's not our biggest problem. Mm. Do you want to know what our biggest problem is? Yes. That we have no longer been taught that we have to have a contribution. So mm. when my parents were growing up, my grandparents were growing up, they had chores. That's your contribution when you're a child. Yeah. You have a contribution. The same applies with insurance. Your contribution is your deductible and your premium. Yep. 
your dental plan, you have a contribution. You have to brush your teeth. You know, so there's a contribution, but we've moved into a society where contribution has been eliminated. You know how many people, our generation, have kids that have never done a chore in their life? God forbid you ask them to pick up a plate. Yeah. So that's what's happened, is that we've lost the concept of contribution. Yeah. Do you know, have you read the book, Hard Times Create Strong Men? I have not. So that goes into the cycle, and America's in the the final cycle of it right mm -hmm. now. So it goes into like every great power, Romans, Greeks, uh, even China in the 1400s, mm -hmm. um, and America has like a cycle typically of about 80 years. A bit slower with the Romans and the Greeks because of like progression was extremely slow back in those days. Um, but it goes through this cycle of hard times create strong men, mm -hmm. strong men create safe times, safe times create weak men, weak men create hard times. So America's rise was post-World War II. Yes. And 80 years ago. So he's, he said this cycle usually takes like, it's four generations and a generation typically is 20 years. Correct. And because of hard times, they created the strong men. They created, you know, this affluent, beautiful time. And then through uh, the 90s, early 2000s, and you can see it systematically is like, um, the times are getting safer and safer and safer and safer that a, the civilization eats itself from within. And then another um, intolerant or intolerant, whatever the word is, uh, civilization comes in and takes over. Right. So that's privy to your point. What's happening now is people are not, like they're used to like uh, their fam, well, the generation before ours, came from pretty hard times and there's a great quote from um fresh prince of bel-air great time to reference will smith <laughs> <laughs> um where you know how like he goes to bel-air there's the rich parents and their kids are weak mm -hmm. like you got carl's carlton and yes. you know they're just they're so sheltered yes and the wife the mother says to the husband i can't remember the names but she says we worked so hard to give them what we didn't have that we never gave them what we did have. Struggle, adversity, hard times to overcome. Yep. That's kind of what's happening in um, America. I think Australia's going through the same thing. Most of the Western world really mm -hmm. is all these people have, like this, the generation before has come from a hard time, worked so hard to give what they haven't got <clears throat> that they've created a, a, a weaker by by numbers weaker generation because they've never had adversity like, i mean i haven't really had adversity i've Agreed. had i've had micro adversity right uh, i think in the last few years going through a pandemic on the other side of the world trying to juggle a family moving to the other side of the world that's created difficulty but it's made me stronger right also learning how to fight which i think every episode i advocate people need to learn how to fight because it'll mm -hmm. make you calmer stronger <laughs> yes but definitely now, like people also the other, what is it? Uh, the last two years with America printing off trillions of dollars, like it meant nothing. Right. It's made people think, oh, they just print off money. Mm -hmm. And then the inflation comes and they're like, well, it's from Russia. It's probably from the trillions of the 100%. Yeah. I think 80% of the dollars in American history have been printed in the last 18 months. That makes sense. Which is 
Well, wait, eggs. wait. Let me take that back. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. I believe you. Is yeah. what I meant to say. <laughs> yes, yes. But like, when you think of it that way, that means that the money in circulation has five xed. Mm-hmm. Correct. And we think that inflation, like it, we think eight percent's bad. I'm like, hold on, hold on. We had a four hundred percent increase in cash. Yes. And eight, inflation's only eight. Yes. <laughs> Again, to the point that we're trying to make, mm. going back and forth is. Everybody talks about their rights. Mm. Nobody talks about their obligations. So when they were giving out their free checks, mm-hmm. everyone said, yeah, give me because I'm entitled. I'm, I deserve. Mm. But no one said, what do I have to do in turn? Mm. What you have to do in turn is now you have to pay more for gas. Yeah. You have to pay more for houses. The tricky <laughs> scenario, though, with that scenario was you had the government telling you you can't work. So you've got the right. government saying, hey, you're not allowed to work. And then... Like there wasn't options. Like Australia was wild. Like we we timed it so well. I was getting paid seven hundred and fifty dollars a week from the government because I was a business owner. Mm-hmm. So for me to keep my employee, which was me, yep. I was getting paid stupid money. Like one, I was like, I don't deserve this, right? But I'll take it, right? Um, and I was lucky that I, I before they locked everything down, I bought a bunch of equipment and I made my garage into a gym. So mm-hmm. people were just coming to my house. So I was fortunate to still kind of keep about 60 to 70% of my income mm-hmm. while also then getting money I shouldn't be getting. Incentives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To keep myself employed. I was like, this is great. Yes. It's <laughs> exactly what happened here too. Mm. The It was a real weird time where you, yeah, you've got the government telling you. And I, I the stories I heard were the worst was um, New York. Mm-hmm. All right, no indoor dining. So, and we're not going to help the businesses. So, the businesses, like the restaurants, would build an outdoor seating thing, and then they'd be able to keep afloat. And then the mayor would be like, "Actually, you can't do that either." I'm like, what the fuck? And then like, all right, only these times. All right, we'll do that. Actually, you can't do that either. And you just see these people systematically get broken down. While simultaneously, there was that story of that this restaurant owner. She was not allowed to be open because of COVID in California. Meanwhile, because Hollywood got exempt, Hollywood, there's a film being um, filmed in the area and they set up a catering part in her parking lot. People around each other, like, yeah, cool, wearing masks. But she's like, why are they allowed to do this? But I have to be shut. Die. Yeah. Like, so it, it is that weird scenario where... I can understand why people are going, give me money in that scenario where it's like, you're not letting me work. You got to help me because I was just so like, my heart was torn out just for those people. Like, and then you see people like McDonald's is a necessary company, like to stay open, but not the restaurant that sells a steak. Right. You know, for obvious reasons though. Right. Mm -hmm. What were the reasons? Um, they were able to scale back to a percentage of employees that were still getting paid. Mm -hmm. So that, in a way, helps the economy because those people got less incentive because they're still getting an income, Mm -hmm. right? But also, realistically speaking, they're the only ones that can sell to the masses that can't afford the steak at the restaurant. So in, in practical sense, they may very well be a necessary 
evil to have well necessary mm. company to have not not evil sorry necessary company to <laughs> i'll have. say evil about mcdonald's <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it just doesn't make sense why it was the corporations that were allowed to allowed to stay open but the mom and pop shops the small time ones that if you just give us a guideline okay cool uh, drive through is an option yes okay if we built if, if people call us in and they come and they get it and we leave it their food outside they come pick it up from the door they go straight back to their car why wasn't that an option whereas you can you know and, like, and i guess i think it was it just wasn't given as a guideline because a lot of restaurant owners started mm -hmm. hiring drivers with Grubhub or yeah. other places. Oh, and then they jacked the prices up, though. Right. Opportunistic. Right. Well, I think Uber Eats did that. They increased their, their prices by some astronomical amount, and it was like these places could, even if they were selling at the capacity they could, were going backwards with Uber. I had a few people in Australia. They It was cheaper for them to build their own app than use Uber. Really? Yeah. So there was one business called Soul Burger. This is this is how much cheaper it is for them to use. So they built their own app. We would we got five dollars off the burger. So the burger was like six bucks Australian. So four bucks American, got give it. or take. That was a hell of a burger. Oh, that was good. It was great. <laughs> so they they did that, and then everyone I recommended to the app, they'd give me five bucks. So I got like twenty people on the app. I ate borderline for free the whole time very cool and every month i think i'd we'd get an email or a notification come in get five bucks off so like shit yeah but that's still cheaper than going with uber for them interesting yeah and i think if businesses caught on to that a bit more it's then you got a whole marketing strategy though to get people on that app over uber right but yeah, it just it felt like a lot of corporations were... I mean, I get opportunistic. Like, you have to be. Like, I, I took the money from the government. Correct. That was opportunistic. Correct. And I wasn't going to complain about it. Like, oh, they just... Like, there was one moment where they sent me... It was five five figures. And I just get an email from ATO. I was like, huh. I think I sent them... I think it's a mistake. Call my accountant. I'm like, hey, they sent this amount of money. And she's like... Oh, good, you got it. I was like, oh, got what? Excuse me? She goes, oh, no, that's an incentive thing, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. I was like, this is why I pay you. <laughs> is, I didn't know that existed. Correct. I mean, that went into buying more stuff, which, you know, helped the economy. But again, it was just right place, right time. Had an accountant. I wasn't that egotistical, like, I'll do it myself. Correct. And it helped. But there was a lot of other people that it didn't help. And Agreed. I, it was a weird time. They didn't have your accountant is the reason. Right. So plug for your accountant. Oh, I think I plugged my account. This is an Australian accountant, so it doesn't yes. really help anyone here. Sorry, Southwest Florida. Um, I plug using her all the time in this podcast already. Like <laughs> the story which people have already heard if they've listened a couple of times. My girlfriend at the time when I was 21, same money, was earned the same money, same place that we worked at. She did it herself. I paid 150 to 200 bucks and I told her to do that. She's like, nah, no chance. Why would I do that when I could do it myself? Right. She gets back 550-ish through, super happy. And she goes, how much did you get back? I'm like, oh, five and a half grand. And she's like, huh? 
And I go, you happy you saved that 150 bucks? <laughs> it's usually how that works. Literally. Yes. I'm not, and yeah, I'm not going to, like with Medicare, yes. I'm not going to fish through myself. Correct. Why would I do that? Correct. Made and you know, you know what's questions. even better than me versus your accountant? Mm -hmm. I don't charge $150. You get my services at no cost. Really? Really. That is cool. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. So really, it's, uh, not using you is quite silly. It really doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Because <laughs> just like I've said, whenever um, I speak to a group of people, mm -hmm. I tell them, I understand that you have to have some sort of appeal to use an agent and I may not be that person yeah but I personally do not limit myself from giving help to anybody whether they're going to use my services or not mm. mostly because we're not allowed to but <laughs> <laughs> so if someone came to me and asked me for advice and I gave them the advice can they implement it themselves the answer is yes mm. do they have someone who they can turn to if the implementation doesn't go as planned, mm -hmm. yes, the answer is still yes. It's just, it just wouldn't be me. Yeah. It would be the 800 number where they transfer you over to Pakistan <laughs> and talk to you in circles for yeah. hours before you speak to someone. Even with the, like, if I thought, again, investment mindset of time. Yes. Why would I do it myself? Correct. You it know, just doesn't like, make sense. Even if it was 150 bucks, I'm like, dude, go do it. Right. I, one, I don't care. And like, I know the outcome yes. that I want. I don't care for the process. Correct. <laughs> well, I like to use this analogy. Mm -hmm. Here in Florida, you've been here. I mean, you're from Australia, so you already know about hot weather. But here in Florida, it gets kind of hot in July and August, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so. I ain't wearing this. I hope not. <laughs> well, you can do it here for the podcast. But if you had a leak in your roof in August, I'm going to throw out a date. August the 10th, mm -hmm. and it's 110 degrees outside. How'd you pick my wife's birthday of all dates? <laughs> because I have, you know, uh, <laughs> superpowers, obviously. <laughs> but in any event, you, you have a leak in your roof, mm -hmm. and you have an option. You and your wife have a discussion. Honey, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to Home Depot and buy some tiles, mm. some tar, some contact paper, some roofing paper. I'm going to rent machinery. I'm going to fix it myself. Or you can go hire a roofer if the roofer was exactly the same price. Mm. Would you still do it yourself? Yeah. Most people would say no. I mean, there are Hell. some people. Maybe maybe there's a tenth of one percent. I think my father-in-law probably yeah. would. <laughs> a tenth of one percent. Yeah, because I want it done right. You know, um, That might do that. But in my case, I'd be your roofer mm. and you wouldn't have to pay me a premium. Yeah. Why wouldn't you do that? And also it's like... I mean, if you're doing it yourself for the first time, right. I'm going to make mistakes. Correct. And I'm not going to know until it's too late. And this is not like taxes where you do it the first time and then do it the second and the third. You only do it the first time. Yeah. So why uh, run the risk of yeah, okay. doing something that you don't have to do, the mistakes you don't have to make? Yeah. And even like, I mean, shit, there's how many questions I've asked already? And I feel like there's still more I want to ask. I just don't, I don't know yet. Right. Um. Well, I'll I, I can tell you a couple of good questions mm -hmm. that almost everybody that comes to Medicare asks that should be the furthest things from their mind. Mm -hmm. And then I'll tell you two questions that hardly anybody that comes to Medicare ever asks that should be present. Mm -hmm. So the two that they ask that I think are the should be the least of their worries is, 
does my doctor accept your plan? Does my doctor accept Medicare? Mm. Well, there's an easy solution to that problem. Ask your doctor. No, get another <laughs> doctor if he doesn't. Oh. Because why are you so concerned about keeping your relationship with that physician when that physician decides to retire? Do you think they're going to hold back because they have you as a patient? Mm. No. Do you think when their practice gets bought out and they have to move to another section, do you think they're going to, oh, I, I do, I take care of Sally. I'm not going to do that. No. They, so you have to look out for your best interest. Mm. Don't tailor your best interest on somebody else's better life. You know mm. what I mean? So yeah, I understand and respect relationships between doctors and patients. Yeah. But generally speaking, it's not as good as the patient thinks it is. Mm. You know, because I talk to physicians too. Yeah. I'm not going to say on the air what they say about their patients, but mm. generally speaking, they're just like every other customer service person. Well, they've got, yeah, they've got like t tens of like scores is the word I think. Correct. Scores. Correct. <laughs> scores of people. Correct. So that that's one question that almost every time a new Medicare person will ask me. Mm. Does it have merit? Yes, I guess it can. But what happens if you're just moving here from California? What do you do? You change your doctor because your doctor's not going to follow you from California. Yeah. So why is that such such a big deal? I don't know. Uh, people are scared of change. Right. But that should not be one of the things that you're not willing to change. Yeah. But... Just to cover that 100%, there are plans that entitle you to see doctors outside of the network. So that exists. Okay. Okay. So that's one. The other question that a lot of people ask is, will I be able to afford the premium? It's sort of a valid question, but what they're asking me is not really that question. Mm -hmm. What they're asking me is, will the doctors charge them something different than the, what they're prepared to pay? Mm. Because the premiums, whether you're talking about the Medicare premium for your Part B, you have no option. Even if I tell you that it's expensive or cheap, it doesn't matter. If you want Medicare, you have to pay that premium, mm. right? I have a lot of plans that are zero premium. So that goes hand in hand with whether or not you have a problem paying an additional premium. Now, as far as co-payment is concerned, a lot of people don't know this. I don't know if I should go on the air talking about it, but a lot of people don't know that most most co-payments are discretionary. In other words, you go see a doctor, you're on Medicare, you have a Medicare Advantage plan, you have a $10 co-payment. Mm -hmm. If you speak to your doctor and say, I can no longer afford your co-payment, the doctor will say, oh, talk to my office girl. I don't deal with the money I don't deal with because I took an oath and money is not what attracts me to this business at all. I'm here because I'm a good soul. <laughs> and they send you to the office manager and the office manager. So it's it's like uh, it's a buffer for the doctor. Yeah. So before you say yes right away, say, you know that the office manager doesn't have the latitude to say that, sh that I can come see you without paying that $10 copay. Mm. What I'd like to know is whether or not you would be willing to see me without taking that $10 from me because I know that Medicare is sending you $192 every time I sit here. Mm. You follow? Mm -hmm. So is it negotiable? No, it's not negotiable. But they can talk to their doctor about it if they're going through something where they can't afford that copayment. Mm. Right? Yeah. That's all business at the end of the day. 100%. Yeah. 100%. So... There are questions that are that that do not have the merit that 
people give it. And then there are questions that are extremely important that people never ask. Mm -hmm. Like when you have an individual major medical plan, which is what you have now, mm -hmm. you have a maximum out of pocket. Most people don't even understand what that is, but that is an extremely important question, especially when you go on Medicare. What's my maximum out of pocket? Because you want to know when you continue to shell out money out from your checking account, when does that stop? Mm. This is the scary part. Every plan has a different maximum out of pocket. So if you know that $10,000 this specific year is going to bankrupt you because you made a bad investment, don't take a plan that has a $10,000 maximum out of pocket. Mm. Go with a plan that has a $2,900 maximum out of pocket. Keep a buffer, right? Yeah. So that is a question with a lot of merit that people don't ask. Mm -hmm. The other question that a lot of people don't ask is, can I use the plan in the event of an emergency outside of my immediate area? That is an extremely important question. And the answer is yes, yes, and yes every time. Ah. All Medicare plans are decide, designed to cover you in the event of an emergency anywhere in the U.S. Nice. Operative word, emergency. Yeah. So just because you call a stomachache an emergency doesn't mean it is. Yeah. Right? So if it's an emergency, it's covered. And what do they deem an emergency? Obviously, broken bones, Violent, yeah, violent That's a accidents. great question because a lot of people can't tell the difference between urgent and emergency. Mm -hmm. Emergency, if it can lead to death or further body, bodily harm. So if you're bleeding, that's an emergency Yep. because you can bleed out and die, right? Mm -hmm. If you have a broken bone, especially if it's exposed from the flesh, that's an ultra emergency. If you ever come into an emergency room with that situation, the first question will not be what's your insurance. Yeah. No, they'll just take <laughs> you right in, right? So if it if it can lead to death, you that is deemed an emergency. So if you have yeah. heart, if you have uh, chest pains, there's no way of telling just by your symptoms right away whether mm. or not it is a heart attack. Mm -hmm. So that's deemed an emergency. Mm -hmm. Chest pain. Chest pain. Mm -hmm. Because it could lead to heart attack, right? Yeah. So. If it can lead to death or further bodily harm, it is deemed an emergency. So what about, because you mentioned a broken bone that's mm -hmm. through the skin. What about broken bone not through the skin? Mm -hmm. That's an emergency? It That one is go, can go back and forth because it depends. Really? Because a fracture mm -hmm. is a, still the breaking of a bone. Yeah. But they're not separated, right? Mm -hmm. So if you have a fractured rib... It's unpleasant. I don't, know, oh, yeah. I don't know if you've had a couple. I've heard. Yeah. Well, I've had it, right? So it's unpleasant. Mm. But guess what? They can't do anything about it. Mm. If you have a fractured rib, it's unpleasant. The x-ray will show. Yeah. But they can't do it anything about it. It has to heal in time. That's it. However, if you have a broken bone or if your knee broke, mm. but that's an emergency, yeah. right? So that's the broken bone thing is a little iffy. That's why I mentioned the skin because there's no question. Yeah. What about, so in my scenario last time i went to the hospital jumped over a railing down a one-story building i've done it before just didn't do it well this time got it and you were impressing myself oh okay. nice. <laughs> nice i told people i was going to try it and i'm one of those people that i hate being i'll never be a talker I, if i'm talking i'm going to do it got it unless it's super stupid and this was not 
high enough above the stupid line for me to not do it. Got it. So did that, landed, ankle went bang and then twisted quickly. Yep. I was sure it was fractured. It blew out. Um, would that be deemed a emergency? And like I said, even a fracture in your ankle will blow up your knee, your ankle. Mm. So it's so that's they, kind of iffy. So that's an iffy scenario. It's an iffy scenario of whether or not the insurance company is going to deem it an emergency. Because really? if you sprain your ankle, mm. it feels looks and behaves just like if you broke it well i had elephantitis looking ankles correct so because in in australia we went there put they were like they did x-rays looked at it nothing broken you've probably torn three like a couple ligaments turned out three ligaments and a mild bit of a uh, chipped off bone yep put me in a boot see you later go home got it go to the physio really mm-hmm. yeah put me in a boot because they're like there's nothing we can do about it here's some crutches Interesting. Yeah, and it was yeah, just have some. Uh, I guess they like they like scalpels here a lot because if you break three tendons, if you tear three tendons, it I was think like they try to do something. Oh really? Oh yeah. No, nah, this was just like it was a not a tear as in a, off the bone. It was Got like it. you know, it's a rip, and they're like, "Got it." It's been what? How old was I then? Twenty six. It's been seven years of constant rehab and always just juggling and figuring out because now it, because those ligaments are real like. They're weakened. Mm -hmm. There's no not as much support in the ankle. Therefore, the muscle and the calf overtakes. And so I can, I wanted run a marathon, or because I know I can do it. Right. I just can't because of my knee. Because when I get about a mile in, the ligament in my knee rubs on the bone, and it's something so small, but it feels like, it feels like my knee is locked. Mm -hmm. And it feels, if I try and move it, it feels like it's going to explode. Got it. And it's just from tightness. And then obviously over time, I loosen it up again, feels fine again. I've found a few exercises now that like strengthening the tibialis anterior seems to really help it and strengthening the foot in with a different machine that doesn't exist at the gym. Typically I had to buy it. Um, but that one boot. You know, don't Mate. walk on it for eight, six to eight weeks and yeah, eight rehab weeks, it. Anything, knees, ankles, mm. eight weeks is the minimum standard. But I have an option for you since you really feel like you want to run a marathon. Do you? Are you aware of how long a marathon is? Uh, 42 kilometers is my understanding. We're in America. Can you yeah. please talk in miles? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's 26 <laughs> miles maybe. Yes. Uh, is that? I, I, I thought it was 24.2, but it may be 26.2. It might be. Where's my calculator at? 1.6 is the rule. There you go. Yeah, and you're right. And I'm see. not doing math right now. So. <laughs> I'm intrigued because I always say kilometers and I'm the same response all the time. 26 and a quarter. Okay. So I have an option for you to make you feel accomplished. I mean, only in the running aspect because you're accomplishing everything else. So <laughs> in the running aspect, get a bicycle, mm. um, join a bike team here in town, mm -hmm. and go for a 26.4 mile Run on a bike. I you would have done it. I actually did thirty-four miles. Two there you weeks go. Ago. So you've already you've already outdone yourself. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we did it. Uh, three, no, two two Sundays ago. I messaged my friend. He does. He's in Miami. He does that road bike stuff all the time. Nice. And I just go to him. I'm like, I just want to do fifty miles. He goes, Why? I'm like, Why not? Why not? And so I messaged my friend in Chicago. He came down. He's like, Let's do it. And the only reason we had 34 and not 50 was because we ran out of time because we had to get his, uh, we had to get JJ's bike back to the rental. 
so we um we ran out of time but 34 miles was easy wow like i was surprised i was expecting pains and the thing that i didn't anticipate was because my arms are down so much and there's like a pressure point my hands got so numb that i couldn't feel anything so we'd have to we'd stopped every like 10-ish miles just to like sort of walk and you know whatever get a, a mile break for about 20 minutes and um like it was it was that numb that i'd be hitting the the gears can't feel if i'm tapping or anything interesting so i'd have to judge off my feet did the gear change no okay didn't hit the <laughs> didn't wow. hit the button but the next yeah we, we did 34 miles and jj and i were like i feel like that should have been harder i mean granted it's it's florida everything's flat correct you know uh so that was one little cheat where did you run that? uh we didn't run we cycled where did you cycle um miami through key something i know there's a lot of keys there mm-hmm. so i'm not really helping it was a rich area nice yeah it was like the ha- it was so rich that the grass was too green to be real it Got looked it. like they've colored something like the pigmentation They're spraying it. it was it was too green right where it didn't make sense there was no yellow in it Yes. And it was all the same color. I think I know the area. It's the place where they put multivitamins in the water for their grass. That probably, that's honestly, right. that's probably it. It was, that was the thing. I, I'm riding at like, what, 15 miles an hour, but I'm like, like in these amazing houses, but I'm like, the grass, <laughs> the grass is so green. <laughs> uh, it was a beautiful day though, but we want to go back to do 50 miles because yeah, one, I said, I'm going to do it. Right. I said I was going to do it first time, so that kind of I can never undo that, which sucks. But it was really cool to know that. All right, this is I'd never Doable. done cleats; I hadn't done cleats before, so yep. that was hilarious. I was dressed to the brim like a cyclist. Why'd you rent? Why'd you rent the bike and not just go pick one up? Do you mean buy one? Yeah. Uh, have no intention of doing it ever beyond, again. <laughs> beyond the challenge, yeah, it's like it's fun. Yep, but. It's not my type of fun for a recurring activity. Got it. Um, I can really understand why people enjoy it because mm-hmm. there's something definitely medi- meditative, meditative about it. Mm-hmm. It's like when you know, I would rode a Vespa in um, in Bali. Yep. You know, you're not thinking about much anything else. Um, but yes, you are. You're thinking. I hope I don't get hit while I'm riding. You're thinking that. <laughs> you're definitely thinking that. Um, but I, I, yeah. I think I've got my routines of the this, this shit that I like. Good. The gym is one thing where I can I can be like an ADD kid. Got it. You know, like everyone when they they ask me, oh, so what are you training today? I'm like, don't know. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, I've been going to the gym for literally over half my life now, since yeah. I was 18. So almost half my life. Um, so, so, so 16, jeez. So yeah, over half my life. Um, so 17 years I've been going to the gym. I know it all back to front now, where it's just more, it's play. Right. It's not go in, train this muscle, do this, do that. It's, all right, I've got to do my basics, but I do my basics now within the within the stuff. So depending on the song that comes on, right. all of a sudden I'm swinging off the, the monkey bars Nice. And I'm hanging upside down. People are like, what is wrong with this kid who's 33? Yes. About to turn 34, who has a kid, but he act like, you know, right. um, that's my idea of recurring fun, 
whereas um, cycling, just it's not my thing. Do you cycle? I'm guessing or no? I, yes. Yeah. I, I'm not I cheating like, all over. Like just oh, so you know. I know. I know you're not. <laughs> I know you're not. You danced around that very well. <laughs> <laughs> no, I enjoyed it. Right. It was just like it, for a recurring thing. Yes. It's not my type of enjoyment personally, but I can totally makes perfect understand sense. it. Makes perfect sense. I I like cycling. That's not my number one mm-hmm. preferred. My number one preferred is tennis. I just I'm not as good as Federer. Mm-hmm. So since I'm not as good as Federer, I don't invite people to play with me. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Have you um, with that? Because uh, one thing with with uh, tennis is the agility can be dangerous for the knees and the ankles. Is ha- yeah. Can, have you looked into? probably the stuff I'm doing right now, it would be really beneficial for um, knee strengthening and ankle strengthening to uh, mitigate that risk. Mm -hmm. I follow a guy called knees over toes guy on Instagram. He's where I bought all these weird equipment things that are basically you can chuck them in a bag. Got it. One of them is the monkey grip. Mm -hmm. It looks like a snowboard boot. You attach it to your foot. You can put a dumbbell into it. Strengthen it. You strengthen your hammies, your your glutes. Sorry, your hammies, your quads, and your hip flexors with it. It's literally just it's like your foot's holding a weight, and you just do the exercises. Very cool. Uh, the other one, which is the tibialis anterior strengthener, is called the Tib Bar. It's about a hundred and fifty bucks, and you can put as much weight or as little weight, and basically just you put your feet into it and you flex your shin. Very neat. That strength, like I've noticed, that really has strengthened my ankles a lot. And then the last one is you can either walk backwards or pull a sled backwards. So when you're pulling a sled backwards and your knees are going over your toes, it pushes pressure into your knees. Mm -hmm. And that pressure into the knees tells the brain, push synovial fluid and blood to the knees. And it helps with knee recovery versus if you don't, I mean, it's, it's always the calves and everything else around the knee. Right. Uh, that he's done a lot of knee re so he had had in his early twenties he had two or three knee reconstructions as a basketball player told mm-hmm. he would never play again did these daily ritually now he slam dunks again nice does everything like you would never guess he's had an injury <clears throat> that's very cool um, can I borrow your sled uh, I go to the gym at Crunch <laughs> <laughs> and it's sport I got th- I got three gym memberships interesting. Is sporters great because has a sauna, mm-hmm. but I don't like going there mm-hmm. outside of the sauna. I'll go there if I just have to. Crunch, I enjoy the people there, so I go there. And then I got a gym membership in West Virginia for whenever I'm there. Got it. Because um, I'll, I'll very rarely miss two days in a row. Got it. I, I missed one day this week and I feel weird. But definitely those ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I've started doing it like a few months ago, mm-hmm. but the strength in my knees, I, I really take... I wanted to focus so much on what was happening. And because once it becomes your norm, you don't really notice it. 100%. And so that's what I was noticing when I started doing it. I was like, it's weird. My knees feel warm in the joint. And obviously feeling warm is an indication of blood movement. I was like, that's an interesting feeling. Mm-hmm. So, and that was just from starting doing the sleds. About I was doing 200 pounds, which sounds heavy. It's not as bad when you're pulling it on a sled. <clears throat> I did it with a friend and I got her up to 700 pounds. Wow. <laughs> She's a boost. Wow. Um, but that, and then now with the ankle one, it's interesting because I'm pulling that 
and strengthening the tib, it also strengthens the ligaments around the metatarsals. Metatarsals. Tarsals, yeah, they're the, they're the toes. Metatarsals, yeah. My the, my, the top of my foot was having muscle pains like post-working out. Right. Like that's an interesting thing. You're using muscles you didn't before. Yeah. And that's why I've noticed a lot of strength with the tibialis and the metatarsal muscles in my ankles as a result. So when you go to crunch, they have something called a sled. Yeah. Oh, neat. Yeah. And so most gyms these days have them. Okay. Um, and it's quite literally just a sled. You put as much weight as you want or as little weight as you want. Um, starting with 100 pounds are probably really good. I get Stacy doing 100 pounds. And it's funny when I can get her to the gym. She's like, my legs just feel great. I'm like, yeah, do it every day. <laughs> and so where do they have the room? Where do they have the space for you to actually walk with the sled? Or is it a machine that is in, in it's sequential it's, movement? No, nah, it's literally just a sled. They literally. usually have like turf and... Um, yeah, you just... In a designated just, area. Yeah. Neat. Yeah. That's very neat. Most gyms have it now. I see. I've not seen that at my gym, but I mean, I have probably a limited gym. I go to the Y. Yeah, I'll go to the Y in West Virginia and they don't have a sled. Mm -hmm. So I feel lost when I'm there. I <clears> see. <throat> what could you do instead? You could do lunges backwards. Interesting. So that's something you could do. Um, I mean, you could, if you don't care about what people think and they... But they might be like, what are you doing? But you're talking to a guy who hangs upside down on monkey bars. Right. <clears throat> um, you could get a rope and get like put handles on it and then just have two plates tie. Because um, I've seen this before. They tie the rope through the plates mm -hmm. and then just drag the plates. Right. You know, you're going to have the same Makes pressure sense. through the knees because yep. you're pulling it. Um, but yeah, like it's in some probably like four months into doing this type of training, couldn't speak more highly of it. I do it wow. every single day. I still box jump four foot nine. Do you really? Yeah. And like, I, I do, jump what do you, off What it. do you bounce on? Do you get on a trampoline to get up four nah. foot? Nah. <laughs> Just straight <laughs> off the floor. Um, but I jump but I jump back off. And right. like I'm I sometimes if I'm really hyperactive, I try and jump to this certain line. And that line's about five, six feet away from the box jump. So I jump on it and then I try and jump straight away, bounce off. Over a and so I'm Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> um, so, and then I'm absorbing into that. Like I still absorb, I don't land hard. But this is, it's a, it, you know, I'm almost 34 and I can do that. And I attribute it a lot to not just that, but, you know, people are shocked and they're like, wait, how old are you? And You're already 34? I will be in June. Wow. We better start that Medicare planning for you. <laughs> I'm getting close, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, try try that out. Um, and I can send you the information after. That's what I was just going to say. The, you mentioned the book. Uh, no, he's on Instagram. You also mentioned the book before. Which book? When we spoke before about the generational yes. loss of power and stuff. Yeah. If you can send me the name of that book, mm -hmm. I would appreciate that. Definitely. And this information that you're giving me right now could be very useful to me because I am suffering through some tendonitis on my left knee. Ah, okay. Mm -hmm. Do you know what causes it? Is it, whereabouts is it? It was literally on, it's on the inner side of my left knee. So mm -hmm. you can physically see the tendon that it's swollen. So it's, mm -hmm. it was from playing tennis on 
concrete courts. Recently, or is it like a niggle? Well, believe it or not, this has been carrying with me since January the 4th, but because I went through that period of time at my mom's house, mm-hmm. I couldn't really go to physical therapy or do anything about it. Mm. So I carried on, carried on, um, you know, and I haven't done what yeah. I should have done yeah. over it. Uh, I can give you a bunch of stuff. What I'd recommend first is see a sports physiotherapist, mm-hmm. not just a regular physio. Like my, I, my rule is I only ever see sports physiotherapists because they're trained for athletes who want to get back on the field. Correct. So I'm of that mentality. I want to get back into real life as quick as possible, as safe as possible. Right. So I'd say see them first just because I don't want to be like, do this. And then it's like, aggravated. Oh, that's bad. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I've got a pretty vast knowledge, I think. I, I even messaged my physio back in Australia and I go, so I figured out if you strengthen your tibialis anterior with this, this, and this, it'll strengthen this, this, and this. And I'm noticing less things with my knee. And she's like, oh, that's interesting. I'm going to look into that. Because I was always like, t- like, if I go there for an injury, it wasn't just tell me what I have to do. I'm like, okay, cool, but why and how? And what does that impact? And this is, again, I was like, my insurance company is paying for 60% of this. And then I'm learning. I'm like, this is fantastic. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. That, I mean, if you already have enough knowledge to have a good discussion with your physician, mm. that, that is good. Yeah. That is very good, actually. It's just interesting. Yeah, that's why I call the podcast. That's interesting because I swear that's me all the time. <laughs> like, tell me more. <laughs> um, but yeah, find out about that one first. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wouldn't imagine like, it, especially something with ligaments. Just go. If it if it's a sharp pain, stop. That's there the is general. there is no pain. It's the swelling restricts movement. So when it swells, then you can feel that there is fluid there because yep. there's no movement. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's no pain, thank goodness. If you walk backwards, does it cause any problems? I've not tried that. Okay. Try that first. Mm-hmm. See, I would say try that first because walking backwards, trying to focus on getting your knees over your toes a little bit just so you got that pressure going through. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll feel weird, but you know, whatever. Uh, that'll at least give you an indication, all right, is this causing a problem? Then I would say like a hundred pounds sounds a lot. It's not too bad. Right. You'd be surprised. Uh, but when you're pulling it, lock your shoulder blades back. The reason people throw their discs out or 99% of the times when, but is it's not even like it's a sudden thing. It's they're trying to pull something and they relax. And then when your spine's open, it's got room to move. Whereas if it's together and the vertebrae are trapped, right, they can't move. Nice. That's why I tell people everyone has to learn how to do deadlifts because that places Correct. it safely. Those ones, and I'll send you the link to the TBR, the tib bar. That one always gets people like they go, "What is it? What are you doing?" But I always laugh at people. I'm like, "You want to be able to do what I do? Why not do the weird shit that you Correct. like? Do it. Correct." Um, because yeah, the way you feel after I was saying to Stacey the other day, I'm like, you're going to say I'm an idiot because you often do. And you're usually <laughs> right. <laughs> Cause you know me best. Yeah. I'm like, but it is, it's weird feeling this muscle in the front of my shin. Yeah. And being aware, like I'm aware of every muscle, but now I'm aware of another muscle in my shin. As I walk, I feel it activate. I'm like, what? 
interesting. Weird. And I f- like it. It feels like I feel like my legs as I lift them up. It's like they're getting pulled by a pulley system. Right. Where I'm like, this is very. So you're in tune. Yeah. So it's like a spiritual thing. Kind Almost of, with yeah. your body. Yeah, like it's like I'm walking on water. Very neat. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll send that stuff to you. And the the book, um, Hard Times Create Strong Man. It's a fat one. Good. But uh, yeah, you. I re- I read it in 2019, and I was just it, it, so many aha were like, oh, that is a uh, makes sense. Yeah, or holy crap, that is happening. Or this is and that is and this and yeah, you're right. This is affecting this and it never shames anyone it says it it talks about how it is like he talks to zoologists and mm-hmm. all these effects of um different cultures where he's been labeled everything misogynist homophobe transphobe all these things but if you read the book it's like he's not Got he's it. just observing things in the animal kingdom and you know as it's evolving yeah Neat. yeah it's a really cool book so Neat. I'll send that to you. And never split the difference. I say that every <laughs> week. Never split the difference. It'll change your life. Uh, cool. I think we're good. That's already been an hour and almost an hour and 40. Nice. Time flies, right? Nice. <laughs> so for anyone listening, Eddie. Yes. How, how can they contact you if they want you to be their Medicare guy? Well, the best way, obviously, is the phone number, right? Mm-hmm. So 239-777-7854 mm-hmm. will always get me. Well, let me rephrase that. Generally, we'll get. <laughs> if it doesn't, you can leave me a voicemail, right? Uh-huh. Um, then, um, that again, that would probably be the best way. I am working on getting a website back mm-hmm. up because I had to bring it down a couple of years back because I got involved professionally with a company that had their own presence and they asked me to take my website down. Mm. So I've not taken it back up again. So yeah. I am going to bring that up again. Uh, but for now, the phone number would probably be the best way. Cool. Yeah. Perfect. And when that website's up, we'll put it in the. Well, do you know what the website will be called? Well, I want it to be called something, but the name may not be available um, ah. when when I go do it. So. So go to check. Yes. Well, if the website's up, the description will it'll be in the description. Yes. Yes. Um, that's cool because yeah, there's heaps of knowledge. Yes. There's there, so many layers. There is so much to it that it makes people think they'll never learn it. But mm. I mean, if I learned it anyone can yeah. is just it's I, something I'd outsource to you though <laughs> I, just, I just do it <laughs> thank you I'll, I need to know enough of what I want and yes just, that's it yes yes well it's 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 enough to make you feel weary but just remember you only have to learn enough to get enrolled because you're going to learn as you use it yeah that's it that's pretty much how it is yep cool awesome yep. well thank you very much why thank you all right we'll see you, everybody make sure to subscribe and we'll see you soon bye bye and we're out. That was fun. Oof. Yeah. Woo. There you go. I don't. 